So tonight, as you, um, tonight we're going to talk about a lifestyle of confession, as you can see on the screen. Now, when we think about this word, you might have heard about um, someone confessing their sins to someone else or um, confessing Jesus as the Lord and Savior. Or you might have heard it in certain religious groups who practice confessing sins towards a priest. Now, before we continue, I want to look at two dictionaries and see what the actual definition of to confess or confession is. Now, when you look at the Vines Dictionary, it means to speak the same thing, to assent, to accord, and to agree with. When you look at the Strong's Dictionary, it means to acknowledge, to agree fully, to profess, and to promise something. So as both these dictionaries or definitions of to confess show us, we can verbally confess something. So this evening, I want to talk about the act of confessing something, not only verbally, but also with our actions. I want to talk about a lifestyle of confession, which is focused not only on our words, but also on the way that we live our life, as our life should be a confession of our faith. And that's exactly what Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, part B, tells us. It says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. This evening, we all confess or we all serve something. So the question is, what is it that you confess? So first, I want to talk about a group of people who, confess Christ, who don't confess Christ. And we find an example of that in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 through 17. It says this, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. So if you live a lifestyle of desiring our flesh, our eyes, and the pride of life, what is it that we are confessing? Well, this verse tells us that we confess the world. But we see that we should do the exact Opposite. We should not be people who follow their hearts in a way that makes us feel good and that we are self-centered in that way. Because through these actions, we can deny Christ or we will deny Christ. We shouldn't make decisions based on our emotions, but rather based on biblical principles. And that's exactly what Romans chapter 12, the first two verses talk about. It says in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable, and what is perfect. So as this verse tells us, we should not be conformed to this world, but rather we should transform ourselves and our mind in order to focus on worshiping God. And this might mean that we need to abstain and step away from certain sins that we have in our life. Or to even step away from certain people in our life. Because there are certain people who are of the world but are not of God. And we can find an example of that in John chapter 12. At this time, we see that this is the time when Jesus was going around. And it says in verse 42, Nevertheless, many, even of the authorities, believed in Him. They believed in Jesus. But for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it, so that they would not be put out of the synagogue, for they love the glory that comes from men more than the glory that comes from God. 
So we see an example of people who believed in Jesus, but they did not confess Him. These people, they desired their flesh more than they desired to serve God. And through this, they decided to not confess Christ Jesus. Now, when I was in high school, there were about a thousand kids going to that school. And as far as I knew, I was the only Christian at that time in high school. Maybe my brother, who didn't obey my gospel, he might have believed in God. But apart from that, it was just me and maybe my brother then. Now, if I would have told people that I was a Christian, they would have the choice to make fun of me, to call me certain names, or to peer pressure me into abandoning my faith. But what would have meant that to me if I gave in to that temptation to abandon my faith? Now, for the world, that would have meant that I would have had a lot more friends and I could have been a lot more popular. But is that what we're pursuing? Because instead, we should pursue the spiritual. So let's say I did abandon my faith, what would have meant that to God? So maybe you go to work or go to school and you've talked to other people that you're a Christian. And maybe they think that's silly. Well, then you have a certain response or certain options on how you can respond to that. Because through that, you have an opportunity to tell other people about Christ instead of not saying anything. Because we should not seek the glory that comes from men, but instead the glory that comes from God. Because really, there's only two options, and that's what 1 John talks about in chapter 4, verses 2 and 3. By this, you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. So those people today who proclaim that Jesus is not from God, they might say that Jesus was a good man, that he had good morals, but that's all that there was. Now we know and we understand that that spirit is not from God, but instead the Antichrist. So maybe you have certain people in your life, maybe certain family members, friends or colleagues, who you have a really good relationship with, but maybe they're not a Christian. Well, then we see that where we as Christians have a different intention in life than that they have. Where it's our goal to please and to serve God, for them it's the goal to please themselves and be focused on themselves. They're focused on themselves rather than focused on God. But we must make a decision what we confess to others. So the question is, do we confess Christ or do we confess the world? Let's turn to 2 John chapter 1, verse 7. It says, For many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh. Such a one is the deceiver and the antichrist. So John here describes a group of people who don't confess Christ. And we've seen it earlier when there were people who believed in Jesus but did not confess Him. So these people are described as deceivers or even as the Antichrist. These people live a lifestyle of confessing a denial of Christ. They don't have any interest in choosing God over their own pride and over their own glory rather than serving God. But we cannot be of God and of the world at the same time. We have to choose one because we either believe in Christ and confess Him or we are the Antichrist. But apart from that, we might see the Antichrist in many different ways 
throughout our day, through work, through social media, politics, many different ways. But we should be mindful about the ways how we can be drawn away from God and to the world. Because there might be people, again, at work or at school, who talk, about ba- who talk bad about other people, who talk behind their backs. And they might even use bad language or might use God's name in vain. But it's up to us to decide whether we confess Christ at that moment or we confess a denial of Christ by partaking in these things. Now, secondly, I want to talk about a group of people who confess Christ, but they only confess Him verbally. I want to look at Luke chapter 6. Here we see that Jesus is showing us a story about two men who both build a house. Starting at verse 46, it says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose and the stream broke against that house, it could not shake it, because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. And when the stream broke against it, immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. So we see those two people There's a guy who builds a house with the right foundation. And Jesus tells us that this man believes in God. But not only that, he also does the will of God. Then on the other hand, we have someone who builds a house but doesn't have any foundation at all. And Jesus tells us that that man also believes in God but does not do the will of God. So through this, we see that just because... We believe in God does not mean we're doing the right will of God immediately. Just because we build a house does not mean that it has a foundation or even the right foundation. And that's the same with us. Just because we confess Christ verbally does not mean that we're confessing Christ through our actions. Because we see an example of that in Matthew chapter 15 of people who confess Christ but their actions do not follow. In Matthew chapter 15, verses 7 through 9. You hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of man. So these people confessed God, they believed in God, but their actions did not follow. They didn't serve God in the right, with the right heart. They had their hearts far from God and in vain that they worship Him. So that means that it didn't mean anything to God because they didn't even follow His commandments, but instead the commandments of men. Their actions and their lifestyle did not confess the same as their words did. And we see this group of people also described in general in Titus chapter 1 verses 15 through 16. It says this, To the pure, all things are pure, but to the defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But both their minds and their consciences are defiled. They profess to know God, but they deny Him by their works. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for any good works. These people who confess Christ verbally, they might confess Christ with their mouth, but their lifestyle tells us something different. Through their actions, God can see the real them. 
So maybe tonight you call yourself a Christian. Well, then the natural act question to ask is, do your actions follow what you tell other people? Because Paul explains to Titus that those who want to serve God will willingly serve Him and pursue Him. But those who do not want to serve God, they won't, even if they profess to know God. Even if they tell you, yes, I'm a Christian, I go to church. But when they get home, their actions don't follow whether they say that they're a Christian. So what we should do is the exact opposite. And that's described in Hebrew chapter 13, verse 15. Through Him then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of lips that acknowledge His name. Now this acknowledge also can be defined as to profess, as we saw earlier, or to confess. So we confess His name, we confess God. So we must continually praise God with our words, but also with our actions. Because through this, we should seek to glorify God instead to seek the glory of men. Now thirdly, I want to look at a group of people who confess Christ verbally and also with their actions. So they confess Christ continually. It's a non-stop process. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 13. It says this, By their approval of this surface, surface, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others. So through their confession of the gospel, which is that they believe that Jesus died, that He was buried, and that He was resurrected on the third day, through their confession of the gospel, they were willing to submit in order to glorify God. So tonight, we have the choice to either believe in God or not. But secondly, also to serve Him or not. Those are two different things. Just because we believe in God does not mean that we're already serving Him. Because apart from confessing Christ verbally, we must also live a life of confessing Christ through our actions. Now for those who have obeyed the gospel through baptism, I would like to remind you of that day. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. Because that day when we were baptized, we made a confession. And that's described here in this verse. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, it says this, Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. So the day we were baptized, we made a confession, which is that we would surrender our life to God and that we would constantly pursue Him. But we should live this confession each and every day. Because this is not a one-time action. Because what if I did not give in to the peer pressure that I, I had in high school? What if I would have talked to other people and said, I'm a Christian and I want to talk about the Bible or something like that? Did that mean that they could see Christ in me? Now, I would have to say, I didn't do a good job at either of those. I did not tell other people I was a Christian. And I'm pretty sure they couldn't see that I was a Christian through my actions either. Now, what about you tonight? Maybe you've talked to other people that you know, your family or friends or colleagues. You've expressed that, I'm a Christian. I pursue to follow God and His will. Does that mean that they can see that in you as well? Does that mean that you reflect Christ to others? 
Because if we live a faithful life, we will receive eternal life. That's exactly what 1 Timothy chapter 6 talks about. It says this in verse 12. Fight the good fight. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Here Paul charges Timothy to live up the words that Timothy himself spoke about eternal life. Paul told Timothy to not only confess this with his words, but also to live it as well. So should we live this life of confession and fight the good fight. Let's turn to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 and verses 8. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord the righteous judge will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved His appearing. If we live a life of confessing Christ, then it does not mean that we live a perfect life without sin, but instead we respond to that sin in an appropriate way. That means that we confess our sins, we abstain from it, and we repent from it. It does not mean that we give up when we make a mistake but rather that we keep running the race and we restore our faith in Christ Jesus. We must keep fighting the good fight because if we do, then we will be rewarded the crown of righteousness. So we see through that that our lifestyle should be confessing Christ throughout our whole life from this moment forward until the point of our passing. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for He who promised is faithful. This confession of hope that is described here is not just a verbal confession. We should live like it also. But how can we have a hope without wavering if we only say this but don't live like this as well? Our confession of Christ should not be only verbally, but also with our actions. Now I want to share a story about my mom. She's a Christian. My dad, unfortunately, is not. She came to Christ after they were married. And I've got three older brothers. So at that time, obviously, my mom would bring us to church. But that meant that, especially when we were little, she had to wake us all up. She had to clothe us, make us breakfast, and to put us in the car and drive us to church. Now, a lot of people understand this because we've got a lot of parents in a room. But she had to do all of this by herself. And then she would have the hard task to keep all four of us quiet during the church service. And we see a lot of people kind of laughing because that's pretty hard to do. I don't understand that quite yet. But she did this for a good reason. She didn't just want to miss church for a simple reason, just because she was tired or it wasn't her day or she didn't feel good. She did this for a good reason, which was that she wanted to raise her kids knowing the importance of the church, to know the importance of worshiping God, and to know the importance of fellowshipping with other Christians. Now what about you? Do you have that importance in your life as well? Because I believe if my mom didn't set that right example for me and my brothers, I wouldn't be here today. So what are the reasons that you miss church Maybe you have a a bad day, or maybe you want to miss church for work or for another reason, like a sports game. 
What example are you setting for your children in that time? Are you setting an example for your children to live a life of confessing Christ or to live a life of making excuses? Because if we choose to live a lifestyle of confessing God, God will bless us with the promise that He has made in Revelations chapter 3, verse 5. The one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments. I will never blot his name out of the book of life. I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. God has given us a promise that if we live a lifestyle of confessing Christ with our words and with our actions, Jesus himself will confess us before God. And He will never blot us out the book of life. That is the promise that we should hold on to. We should reflect Christ to other people. And that's what First John talks about in First John chapter 3, verse 18. It says, Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. Our lives should be, tes- should be testimonies of Christ. So the way that we talk, the way that we live our lives should be focused on Christ and should reflect Christ to other people. Because if we don't confess Christ through our actions and through our words, we confess the denial of Christ and we will be condemned by God. Now lastly, I want to look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. It says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. We all live a lifestyle, or we, live, we all live a life of confessing something. We either confess Christ or we confess the world. Just verbally confessing that we believe in Christ is not enough. We should live like it also. We all confess something. So the question tonight is what is it that you confess? Now, maybe you have not obeyed the gospel and you feel convicted that you want to become a child of God then we ask you to come forward so that at that moment you can start confessing Christ through baptism. Or maybe you've not confessed Christ lately. You've stopped confessing Him through your actions. Then we also ask you to come forward and sit at the front pew while we stand and sing the song of invitation.